Hello and welcome to Fabulous Huckery. I'm your host, Baroness Bree, where it is our goal to always emerge fabulously in spite of fuckery. Hello, everyone. Welcome to Fabulous Fuckery. I'm your host, Baroness Bree. I'm so happy to see everyone. Hilton George. Hello. Hello, that was dry. (laughs) (laughs) My first podcast. Okay, well, thank you for coming. Let me tell you guys a little bit about Hilton. He's the father and, I'm saying, I call you con father. I'm hearing this. (laughs) (laughs) So, but he's the founder and convention chairman for Blurred Con, the black nerd convention held in Arlington, Virginia, each summer to celebrate blurred culture, diversity, and inclusion in cosplay, comics, anime, sci-fi, and gaming. Thank you for coming. Thanks for inviting me. Um, guys, so in case you don't know, I'm a huge blurred. I never really considered blurred to be a word until I heard about BlurredCon. So blurred is a black nerd. And can you give us a little definition on that word? Well, it, it is exactly that. And uh, it is a, a, a sub-community within the larger nerd community across all fandoms. Uh, where many of us uh, who have been in the shadows, uh, who have been in the background, who have quietly enjoyed nerd things for uh, our entire lives, uh, are starting to come together in this age of social media where we're able to connect without actually having to go out and be social and talk to one another. Uh, And these communities are starting to form uh, where we are supporting one another, we are finding out there are more of us like us, and uh, we are starting to enjoy the convention space, we're starting to enjoy a bigger role in in all the different fandoms of gaming, anime, cosplay, sci-fi, yep. and music now. Yep. And uh, it's the it's the next big thing, and uh, we're we're trying to make sure that we are here to serve that community and show how great and wonderful and fabulous we are uh, when we are doing what we do. Well, your con actually is a little different because yes. it's very inclusive. Mm-hmm. Um, it. So for everyone who's not aware, BlurredCon is an amazing space um, in Arlington, Virginia. It's being hosted, what's our dates for this year? July 12th through the 14th, uh, this summer, 2019. Um, it is a very inclusive space. I have never seen so many diverse groups come together in cosplay. Um, you've actually opened it up, I feel like, for a lot of the other cons to make um, groups feel welcome. Because, you know, we had Nerdtino. Mm-hmm. Um, we had the um, lesbian, gay, um, uh, LGBT. Yes, thank you. Mm-hmm. Um, they are amazing, and their cosplays—they bring it. They bring it every time, and it is just—you have made people feel comfortable in your space. Well, uh, th- what it really is is the—it's intersectionality. These are. Uh, you know, we aren't just two things. You know, we aren't just black and nerd. You know, I always call it black nerd and. Mm-hmm. And whatever that and is, you could be Afro-Latina, you could be mixed, biracial, you could be uh, disabled, you could mm-hmm. be a member of the LGBT community, or all of the above. And uh, when you're putting together a convention where people are coming together uh, and are trying to indulge and trying to uh, validate the entire nerd, you know, you put a little bit of everything in there for them. And for us, you know, I'm not a member of the LGBT community, so it would be inauthentic 
for me to come forth and just say, well, from my perch, I will put forth this programming that's relevant to this right. community that I'm not a, a member of. Same thing for the Latina community, same thing for the disabled community. So we bring in these other groups mm-hmm. uh, to come in and put some content together so that you know people feel like there is a, a depth to the experience and a, a recognition of the depth of the individuals within the blurred community. And being intersectional is one thing, but we're also being open uh, so that it's inclusive for people outside of the blurred community come and see mm-hmm. uh, an event where the the black nerd uh, uh, demographic is the main thing on the menu. You know, and they see the artists and the guests and the musicians and the vendors and the cosplayers, mm-hmm. which are a huge part of uh, of BlurredCon, and we have a great time. You got some big guests coming this year. Who we got so far? Oh my gosh, I'm I am beyond excited. Uh, so let's start from the cosplayers. The cosplayers are really great. Uh, we've got out of Chicago, we've got Papa Bear Cosplay. Uh, he and his daughter do these amazing cosplays. He's an amazing builder. Uh, he is one of the leaders of the uh, POC cosplay community in Chicago. Mm. So a lot of the Midwest, you know, black nerd community are really excited that, that we're reaching west, <laughs> not just north or south. Okay. Uh, we also have Sin uh, 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 Von Quinzel. Mm-hmm. Uh, she is Afro-Latina out of New York. Uh, she is fantastic. And if you've ever seen her work, she's amazing in crafting and, and you know, makeup and all of those great things out of New York. Uh, we have Cutie Pie Sensei, mm-hmm. who is coming out of Atlanta. And her work is amazing as well. I mean, she is doing armor build, she's doing fashion, she is doing makeup. I mean, she just really, really brings it. So that that trifecta there is going to be amazing just okay. on the cosplay alone. Mm-hmm. But the, the guests that are coming this year. So we have got, and I'm going to start with the last person we just signed. Okay. okay. You stay in your seat, okay? Don't you t- run a lap when I say Okay. This. We just signed Bo Billingsley as a guest for BlurredCon, right? So if you know about Bo Billingsley, he has voiced video games from Final Fantasy to Street Fighter he has done uh, he was Jet mm-hmm. <laughs> Jet Black from uh, Cowboy Bebop mm-hmm. uh, he's been on Star Trek he's been behind the scenes on so much of what we know for the last 20 years mm-hmm. in the sci-fi and anime community and you just it's just such an honor just to have him on board. Okay. Uh, we've got uh, uh, the Samurai mm-hmm. out of London. She is coming. The the Samurai with all of her uh, uh, martial arts. She's badass. Oh, she really is. Yeah. She really is. We're so excited. This will be her first convention in the States. Ooh. She's never done a convention okay. in the United States. So we will all see her for the first time. Awesome. Okay. And that, that's just going to be amazing. Nice. And... The one, the only, Rachel True. Yes, she is coming to BlurredCon this year. Uh, You guys might remember there was a little dust-up about the fact that she was not getting booked to be a part of the reunion for The Craft. Correct. This is a four-person cast for this film, and she was not getting recognized. She was not getting drawn in, and she was vocal about it, rightfully so. Yes. And uh, we got tagged a lot, and we got sent a lot, and I said, okay, we've got to make this happen. So I made some phone calls, reached out to her people, and she is going to come out. She's going to be doing panels. She's going to be doing workshops. She's going to be signing autographs, taking pictures. She's a, she's a gem. People are excited, you know, because she was in Half-Baked. And, you know, <laughs> people yes. are like, it's Rachel yes. Brown. She's She means so much. She means a lot. And not only that, she looks the exactly the same age. Yeah, she's a vampire. She looks the same age. Or a Highlander. Either, way. It's either one. <laughs> Pick your poison. Whatever makes her live forever, she does look exactly the same. 50 years old. Mm. Looks amazing. Wouldn't look a day past 25. No. Um, mm. I'm excited to see her. I'm going to have to harass her. I'm excited. Um, 
I don't know. You guys are just doing the blurred nerds, you know, our dream life. This is how much work do you think you would, how much of your life would you say you're spending to put this con together every year? Half. Okay. Everything is is divided by half, okay. and and I don't want to 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 take any direct credit because one of the things that the work is doing is just putting the space together uh, and creating the you know the layout and the rhythm and the pace uh, and the background and the platform. What brings that feeling that everybody comes away with mm-hmm. comes from the attendees yeah. and the community and how they use that space and how they interact in that space. And the year one, you never really know what's going to happen. You know, if you're, you're, you build an office building or you build a mall or, mm-hmm. or you know, you don't know what's going to happen when the people walk in the door. You can anticipate, you can guess. Year one was, so what, this year will be year three. This will be year three, yes. So, and I feel like it's happened more than just three times, to be honest with you, because, <laughs> I mean, my kids, I, my, my oldest was very shy and very closed off. And BlurCon came right after my his father and I had started our divorce process. Mm. And anime was his escape from the foolishness that was his real life. Mm. And I was like, hey, you know, it's this thing coming up. It's called BlurCon. It's 40 bucks. You want to go? So we were like, yeah, whatever. I'll get a room. And, you know, we stayed up for three days. We <laughs> did not sleep. We had Red Bull. We were running around. The little one is, I think he's probably like nine or ten, nine at the time. He's like, what the hell? What's wrong with y'all? We're like, yeah. Blurred stuff, and you know, and they have they have a twenty four hour um, anime screening room, which is um, hosted by the DC Anime Club yep. and Chris. Mm-hmm. And you know, the kids were like, "We get to watch anime all night," and I'm like, "Some," because after dark it turns into more ner- adult material. Kicks turns in after midnight. Yeah, yeah, blurred after dark starts around eleven thirty. Mm-hmm. But um, you know, the kids really got to see other people who look like them that enjoyed the same things as them. Um, from our experience, because, you know, your mom watches anime, she's a weirdo. And, you know, and then you're like, oh, Dragon Ball Z is actually kind of hot. Maybe she's on to something. That's my gateway drug for everyone. If you've never watched anime, mm-hmm. the pacing is a little slow in the older ones. But stick with me after the 65th episode is going to get to the point. <laughs> but, you know, just taking them out there. Now, he speaks Japanese. So the oldest is taking it next level. He speaks Japanese. Yeah, I remember you told me that. Yeah. Um, he's like hardcore into um, Japanese rock music. Oh wow. Uh, yeah, I'm like, what the hell? Uh, <laughs> he's deeper than I am. Mm. Um, he, you know, every day he wants some type of new ramen or go to some new noodle bar <laughs> and get some kind of new sushi dish. So he's, he's part of that new world. Um, <laughs> he is for real otaku. Oh my. Like God. this is like, it's, it's hardcore. So Katsukan the other day was his dream life so he was just going crazy it was so many people it was an amazing con so katsu con is a con that's at the gaylord hotel in national harbor they hold it every year i think it's like the 20th year something like that so yes Mm -hmm. at 25th 25th i think it's 25 so it has just grown and when if you want to see some amazing builds I saw some costumes this weekend that I have no idea how much it cost, nor was i scared to ask oh it draws it katsu has a personality. So whatever mm-hmm. it is that you have conventions that kind of fall into these lanes, these grooves, if you will, mm-hmm. and the community kind of channels themselves into these various grooves. So, mm-hmm. for instance, MAGFest is mm-hmm. kind of known for the gaming, yeah. not quite as cosplay heavy, even though it's in the same venue mm-hmm. and it's got a lot of the same components. KatsuCon is known as a cosplay con, so people bring like those builds that, you know, I don't know how you got that on the plane. I don't know 
where you put that. <laughs> how, how did you get through security? In? Right. It's just you're you were literally that gun mech. looks really real. Exactly, I saw exactly. a knife that I'm like, sir. He's like, it's got a tag. It's not real. I'm like, I need your tips. And because now I'm at the point where I want to learn how to build. Mm-hmm. So I'm going to do I'm going to take a couple panels this year learning how to do some phone builds. Yeah. Um, because it's starting to get expensive to buy everything. Exactly. And I rather cost. Well, and I appreciate that, but all of a sudden I turned into from super Halloween girl because I love Halloween. I love mm-hmm. doing makeup. Mm-hmm. Love doing. I did like Iron Woman a few years ago, like red eyebrows and like gold. And oh. it was a hot mess, but it was fun. <laughs> and now it's gone from showing up at the first year BlurCon with like a t-shirt mm-hmm. on and some you know hot topic shorts. You're know, like I'm I'm you know a blur. You, you brought your cosplay game last year. Don't, don't downgrade yourself. That was you, my first year cosplaying. Well. Lowercase C, you were you were cosplaying in the year before, but you were casual cosplay. Yeah, it was casual, and that's the thing. You know, it's a thing now to casual cosplay. It's people who actually go out mm-hmm. and they they construct their fashion mm-hmm. based on the geek aesthetic. That's and so true. they might have a tie that's nerdy or a mm-hmm. shirt yeah. within the business wear that you might wear during the day. So people who know yeah. will know and they'll they'll notice. But people who don't really know and aren't plugged in won't really even. That's yeah. not even a discussion topic, but you you did bring cosplay in here too. So. Well, thank you, thank you. We're, we're trying. We got some. We got some surprises for. I got a lot of. Okay. Well, apparently, I'm going to Awesome Con, and I'm going to be it's running addictive. the con. Yeah, like where do all these cons come from? And, well, that, and yeah. my real, so BlurCon is like, yay BlurCon, and then it's like. A con on drugs is Dragon Con. Dragon Con. Yeah, that's like the Mardi Gras for <laughs> of conventions, literally, because it's half of it's outside. It's crazy. It's in between seven hotels, it's in downtown Atlanta. They're running on thirty three or thirty four years going now. Good lord, hundred thousand people. Uh, and that actually was the model for BlurCon's ten year plan. Okay. The Hyatt Crystal City sits right at the lower end, right next to the airport. Mm-hmm. You know, it's right in the armpit, if you will, of DC. It, it is. And there are no residents there. There's, mm-hmm. no, there's one temporary residence behind us, the Concord. Everything else is government and corporate businesses. So after about 4.30 on a Friday, everyone scatters. Correct. So all the parking decks empty out, all the hotels empty out. So for us, the idea is that with the Hyatt Crystal City, which, by the way, uh, housed Katsukon during one of its really? inception days. It didn't okay. start there, but it was there for a year or two, and then it outgrew and, and went to the Gaylord. <clears throat> uh, Otakon was there before they went to Baltimore. Okay. Anime USA was there before it went uh, to the uh, Wardman Park, Marriott. Uh, MAGFest was there for a year. Well, I'm just uh, going to tell you, BlurCon yeah. is about to outgrow that that's, space. That's going to happen probably sooner than we planned. Yeah. And when it does happen, instead of doing what the other conventions did and left, we're actually going to take the party across the street. So uh, we will have a multi-hotel layout. Okay. So you'll have your host hotel, the Hyatt. Mm-hmm. But we'll do stuff maybe in the Courtyard Marriott and the Residence Inn and the Renaissance. Nice. So you'll have this this moving area, you know, and God forbid if it rains or something. But that's, It's fine. Know, exactly. It works. You know, we'll make it work. It's fine. So that's what we're hoping to have happen with Blur Kung going forward. So with all of this, all this cosplay, blurtiness, you got a day job, you know, this is it's starting to take over your world. What are you doing to take care of yourself? What is your self-care hmm. practice? Uh, I Quiet. Okay. Quiet is, is where I'm able to, you know, kind of coalesce my thoughts. Sleep, very important. Hydration, very important. Nutrition uh, is important. Uh, and it's these are little micro choices that you can make during the day to just keep yourself alive. Uh, if you're looking at buying a bottle of, you know, Coca-Cola 
versus a bottle of water, you just make the choice for the water, especially when you're in the con space and you're running around and you're talking and that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. You know, if you have an opportunity to get some fried chicken fingers or, you know, a veggie burger, if you have that option, you take it. We and over the do long better term, with, it does. We, get, we need better con food. Yeah, we well, need. we've got a solution for that. Okay. We've got a food truck rally. That is true. You did have a food truck rally last year. Yeah, but it's going to be a rally. Whatever those, rally. it was a snow cone truck out there last year. Yeah, they people my, went crazy over the snow favorite. cone. I didn't know that so they, they were going to bring a, it like that. They had a contest where you ordered this $30 snow cone, and if you didn't eat it, you had to pay for it. <laughs> and then if you pay after you pay for it, you got a T-shirt that said, I failed or something like that. So, And I can't find this truck. I need them in my life because they had some flavors that I just went back to my room and added some rum to it. Oh, and uh, <laughs> This is not sanctioned by BlurredCon rum in the, your food. I'm a grown-ass woman. And if I want liquor, I want liquor. So um, I was well, you waiting. You know what? We're going to do is. So all the trucks that were there last year, mm-hmm. I think there was three. We had one the first year. We had mm-hmm. three year two. Mm-hmm. Uh, the barbecue truck will be back, Yay. by the way, and that barbecue event on Saturday will happen. But we're going to have you know a wide variety of trucks. Right now we've got eight lined up. Cool. We're hoping to get as many as 15. Okay. And that will run the entirety of the con. So if you want to have you know bar food at the convention hotel bar or the restaurant, totally fine. They have great food at the Crystal City Hyatt. However, if you want to step outside and get some of the D.C. Metro's finest uh, food trucks, you know, it's good weather. It's right around the corner. It's like you walk right behind the Hyatt, and it's a big parking lot mm-hmm. where we had the barbecue and everything. Mm-hmm. And you'll be able to get food around the clock. That's our plan. So okay. you know, hopefully you'll make good choices. You won't put as much rum in your <laughs> – well, I, I can't do too much because, you know, I got, I got the kids. I got, oh, I got right. the kids. So. One's about to be grown. He's babysitting age. You say watch your brothers. I know, but you know, the con, hours. con space is different. That's true. Because That's true. everyone's running wild. Um, they're exposed to parts of the female anatomy they've never seen in person before. Mm. So, you know, mm. teaching cons are a good place to teach kids no means no and consent. Because just because a woman looks sexy doesn't mean she wants you, doesn't mean she's interested in talking to you. She just really wants a, a bunch of pictures for her Instagram. <laughs> so, you know, she wants to be her character and everything in cosplay, but... They don't, you know, just because she's dressed that way is not an invitation for... I would say that that's not just for the young people. You know, I'm thinking that there are a whole strata of black nerds, and and nerds in general, who have not had the opportunity to either be in the con space Mm. around women who are dressed in a lot of cosplays, can Mm. be a little risque, Mm -hmm. and you have to have these learned behaviors. That's why we have signage everywhere. Everywhere. Where you say cosplay is not consent, hands to yourself, ask someone their pronouns. You know, So you can almost, like when you're driving, mm. we try to treat it like a highway. You may know exactly how to get here every day, but I still put Waze app in just in case so I can get the signage, say that's where the exit is, this is the stop sign. I know this is intersection. I could just know to stop, okay. but they put a sign there anyway. Okay. So you know, we kind of create this space where you know, if you follow the signs and you kind of keep an eye on how people are behaving, right, uh, you can normalize your interactions with almost anybody in a respectful environment where, you know, people are, you know, not as not as uh, uh, scantily clad as you might even find at a pool. No, exactly. But because you're not at the pool and you're indoors, it sometimes takes on a different... Uh, well, and the way putting it at the pool is the perfect way to describe it because also we have a lot of people who don't get outside. Mm. So, you know, we... The one thing, because uh, the 
conversation I have with my kids personally every couple of weeks is, hey, guys, when you're talking to a woman, you know, what's the plan? And they're like, what? And, you know, you know, are you being respectful? Are you, mm-hmm. you know, acknowledging she may not, you know, do you know the warning signs that a woman does not want to be spoken to mm-hmm. or not interested in you? And, you know, there's a way for you to handle that. So we had some experiences last year and what not to do that my children witnessed. So um, we have used those as learning opportunities versus me going full on crazy woman. Oh, that was, thank you so much for your interest. However, these are my two small children. How are you? And, you know, my son's not a small child. He's taller he's than like me. Six, five. He's, <laughs> he's not six five. He's like 13 years old. And he's, he's like seven. Matumbo. I'm like, oh, hi, nice to meet you. I'm a grown man. I'm shaking this child's hand, looking up, you know, and he's like, hi, Mr. Well, Hilton. Like, like, oh, my God. One gentleman actually pushed him out the way. He's like, I was talking to her first. And he's like, oh, this is my mom. I just need some money so I can go to the food truck. <laughs> So, I remember that story. Yes. Um, it it's definitely been an interesting situation, but blurred life aside, I got a question for you. Are you excited for all the Marvel stuff about to happen? Excited isn't the word. This is my childhood come to life, and i i i am I am a first generation nerd. So there is nobody else in my family who is even remotely plugged into any of this. I am dragging all of my family with me on my nerd journey through the MCU, kicking okay. and screaming. Okay. So they, if I make them see things in sequence, they don't understand why they can't see, you know, uh, one movie before the other. I said, because these are all progressive stories. They're self-contained movies that build on a larger narrative. Uh, I remember reading Infinity War. Yep. And just like, oh my God, the concept of the Infinity Stones and, you know, this, this you know, you would never think that this is something that would make its way to the screen. Yeah. And when you're watching it on the screen, there's this nostalgia. You know, you're, you're, you're an adult, but you're also a child yep. sitting in the theater. You're gripping the seats, and you're, you're cheering madly, and you're like, oh, my God, you know. Sobbing controllably so on the shoulder of a stranger. A couple thug tears. No, that was, a, I was when Spider-Man didn't make it. And oh, spoiler alert! If you have, but if you haven't seen it, it, by now, this you know is not what? A spoiler: This if, is shaming. Yeah, this pretty much. No if you haven't shaming. seen it by now, I've what, seen it six times, yeah. seven times, probably more than that. But when Spidey didn't, you know, and he, Mister Stark, the poor man next to me, and I'm holding on to, you know, and <laughs> he's my baby. That doesn't. Tom Holland is one of the best Spider Mans that they Definitely could have ever casted. A good casting. Choice. I love him. And when they killed my baby, I wasn't right. And um. When actually, when I first started recording here, he had a Spider-Man blanket that was oh, on the table to step, wow. this, this absorb the sound. And I was like, this is where I'm supposed to record. They got Spider-Man. Oh, so with Infinity War, and then we got Captain Marvel, and she's going to come do her thing. And it's interesting to me because you realize how many people don't know anything about Marvel. And Black Panther was the first entryway to a lot of black people to big, learning about big, big Marvel. Drug for so many blurs who had not plugged in. And, you know, it's like, oh, you because, I mean the Black Panther party that we went to for the premiere, there were people dressed up like they were from Zuma. Which one did you, did you go to one at Alexandria? It was on Alexandria. I was there. Okay. This was the one that was put on by the... Uh, Tommy Collins. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I didn't know you were there. Yeah, I was there. I um, brought the cosplayers, and we had a, a big backdrop for BlurredCon, mm-hmm. so we co-sponsored that. And funny story, so I got, I went all out for it. Like, you you see my gold, black and gold, uh, the Sheik and yeah. So that came... Handmade from Ghana. I really, really went out for it, and I pulled up early, obviously because I'm coordinating, you know, parts of it. and I'm getting there beforehand, 
and I'm at my car, and I don't want to drive in it, so I'm changing, you know, in the open door passenger mm-hmm. side, getting into it, and I put on my little sash, and I'm looking at myself, and it's like, you know, man, I, I might, I might be just. I'm going to step out here and folks are going to just have some Black Panther T-shirts on and I'm going to be totally over the top and they're going to be, oh, this guy, right? So I come around the corner and it looked like the opening wedding scene from Coming to America. There was kente cloth, hat wraps, there was there was dashikis There were drummers. Drummers. Mm-hmm. I was like, and I was sitting there like, okay, maybe I'm not. I didn't bring enough. <laughs> Maybe I need to go back to the car, throw some more stuff on. Yeah. Oh, it was amazing watching. And, you know, the really cool thing, that there was a, uh, uh, an Asian family there mm-hmm. that were wearing dashikis. And you have to remember, this is African culture, not mm. African-American culture, right. even though we take ownership. Right. Now, there was a couple of brothers that were part of the organizing committee with the city, with the city representative. Uh, and so what happened was all the African-Americans didn't know what to do. Like, like, is this, you know, appropriation? Is this a So we look over at the guys from Kenya and Ghana and we're like, eh, what do we do? Mm-hmm. He's like, hey, if they came to Ghana wearing regular t-shirts we would put those on them okay. when they got off the plane like that's okay. so this is totally fine it's not ceremonial we're like oh okay so we all relaxed they were like all right it was just this big open event you know, you know? so we just had a blast with it and I, I cry every time i see it but i'm so excited i mean it's the most beautiful the black people just killed it i oh, mean didn't they? i'm just excited for the you know we got the oscars you know they're nominated well, that's Sunday, isn't it? yes sir so um it's it's I'm excited, and I'm so proud to be this nerdy girl who grew up on this crap, and it's like, y'all get to see my stuff that I already knew about, so now people call me, I'm about to get teary-eyed, because I love, I really love this stuff, and um, what's funny is is that people call me, and they're like, Bree, what's about to happen, in the, and I'm like, nope, I don't want to tell you, <laughs> right. you, need to, you need to read, you need to figure it out, so like, Brie Larson playing Captain Marvel, People are like, oh, I don't see it for her. Like, you don't? You haven't read the comic. You've never read the comic. You have no idea. Um, I think she's going to kill it. I hope she mm-hmm. kills it. Um, I have a Ms. Marvel costume in works that the should be here. The early reviews are that it's stellar. Oh, it's about to be. It has so. to be stellar because they're following in the Russo brothers' footsteps, mm-hmm. setting the steps for. It's phase four. Phase four, and if what happens, if they can stick to the comics, <clears throat> and I think the Russos will. Everyone's going to like be amazed mm-hmm. by what's going to happen in the Marvel Cinematic Universe, and then the fact that they just were acquired by Disney. And if you notice, Disney's starting to pull all their stuff off of Netflix. They're going to have their own streaming who, service. They're going to have that's their own is. service because um, I mean that's where you go to watch Black Panthers on Netflix. Oh, I don't mm-hmm. have it. So you know, if you don't have the movie, start buying them because Disney is coming for their coins. They made a huge <laughs> yeah. investment in Marvel. Marvel is a money maker. Um, as you go to Disney World, Marvel cities are going to start popping up. I'm waiting because, you know, they set up the Star they Wars. Better not, they better not do Wakanda. I will move to Orlando. Oh, I'm already, like, ready. I will I'm, take a job. I'm like, <laughs> what can I do to work in Florida? Because, you know, um, you got they already built the Star Wars city. Mm-hmm. So that's coming, I think, in the fall. Yeah. And they got the Harry Potter. Harry Potter at the, world, yeah. And I haven't been, so I have a whole list of nerdy. So now I can go to Disney World. I can do this a small world after all and then go play in Wakanda. I'm never going to leave if that's the case. You're not. Your kids are going to be outside homeless looking for the mom. <laughs> no, <laughs> you know, they'll she be home. And she never came There'll out. be a home somewhere. But, you know, it's it. they're starting to see the vision of what this sci-fi nerd anime. Because, I mean, there's a restaurant in Florida that is actually a Goku ramen shop. Really? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I want to say it's outside of Orlando, but you can go in there, and they have it all set up like 
you know, Goku was always eating in Dragon Ball Z. Mm-hmm. It's set up, you can go eat ramen like Goku. Wow. So um, it, the culture is really starting to be mainstream. And that's what I really love about this era. I remember being in elementary school, middle school, and even high school trying to explain to what you may call normies or muggles mm-hmm. or whatever the term is, uh, <laughs> you know, wh- you know, what's why are you so excited about this comic? And you try to explain within the context of one comic what's happened before and what it impl- implies later and trying to physically or verbally take people on that journey while you're just sitting there never ever worked it's and until you were able to get someone either to to to, to actually buy in and start reading the comics that bring people to my house i'm like okay here's fantastic four mm-hmm. you know 100 you know they're going into the negative zone this is the perfect place to start <laughs> you know paul smith just came off of x-men and you know chris claremont is the, you know like all right is this a read let me shut up and then they, they would get into it. But now you have this vehicle in the movies, mm-hmm. uh, which is not totally faithful to the canon, which no. is fine because it gives us comic book nerds something to anticipate. You know, if it were just, you know, writing directly from the comic into the screen, then we wouldn't have anything to expect. Right. Uh, but they are rewriting the canon. And what's happening is, is what they're putting on the movie screen and in the TV shows and on the Netflix stuff and the animated movies is becoming the new canon in the comic Correct. books. They're all bringing it together, and that was the Disney way. Yep. they got a whole department over at Disney that their only job is to keep everybody in line. Yep. You know, to make sure that nobody gets ahead in anybody's stories mm. and nobody does something that's this way on that, that episode. And, and, and they uh, kind of needed that management because Stan was kind of letting people do their own thing. Rest in peace, Stan. But, you know, it was kind of like, like Thor Ragnarok. Mm-hmm. A beautiful movie, one of my favorite Thor movies. You know, who thought that you were going to get like a buddy fun film from yeah, and Thor, Thor and the Incre- funny. Yeah, Thor and the Incredible Hulk, like whatever. It was never funny in the count, but okay. But Fine. you know, they did a great job with it, and so uh, we're going to segue for a second. How do we feel about DC? Well, I think that it is it is a widely agreed upon fact. I use that word very very directly. Fact that DC. Up until now, at least, just you know, has made better animated movies, and Marvel has made better cinematic movies. That's fair. Uh, I think what is happening is that DC is seeing what Marvel has done, uh, and I think the mistake that they made, and I'm calling it a mistake, with Justice League, was that we had almost a decade before Infinity War. Mm-hmm. You know, we were Hulk and we were Iron Man, and you know, we knew it was building towards something, but we didn't. You know, we weren't really sure what it was or how they were going to get there or how long it was going to take. But we knew that there was an end destination. And we waited 10 years mm-hmm. in the parade. Yep. And at the end of the, the parade, end of the parade, we had fireworks, mm-hmm. which is the way it should be. Mm-hmm. What DC did is that they tried to put the fireworks ahead of the parade. Hmm. Right? So you had, what, two movies? Yeah. <laughs> you had Batman v Superman. You had uh, Wonder Woman. Mm-hmm. Uh, and those were kind of the only ones that were building that, that storyline. Yeah. And then they went straight to Justice League. And they introduced everybody for the first time onto the screen. Uh, well, we had the Green Lantern movie. Yeah. Did we, though? Listen, it existed. <laughs> so just because the movie failed doesn't mean it existed. But it wasn't building toward It didn't anything. build it toward anything. It was a self-contained anything. movie. All of their movies are self-contained. They don't think about 
all of that. So I agree with you on that. Mm-hmm. But just I want to remind Ryan, Ryan Reynolds for the 80th time that that movie still exists. It, and, and I think that everyone's feelings about that movie can be encapsulated in the post credit scenes for Deadpool 2. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> we're we're kind of like, okay, he said, just try not to make the suit animated. Uh, and they did exactly that. <laughs> you know, but he killed it with Deadpool. But, I mean, he had to come oh, to Marvel no to let his personality shine through because DC – it's kind of limited in the, like you said, the live action. If now, if he was Green Lantern, the cartoon voicing a cartoon, I think it would have killed. Yeah, but um, it was live action because my favorite DC cartoon is Teen Titans. Yes, not Teen Titans Go yes. for the little one. Not right. Teen Titans the kids, Go. The kids love it. Teen the adults, we are, we are. I'm straight up. We love our, we love our young people. And we tolerate them because of that, but it's not for us. The kids love it. My yes. little one won tickets to see Teen Titans goes to the movies. Is that painful for you? It was so, painful it was slid, slid. Like I really slayed. had high expectations, and I was kind of like, okay, they're going to do something different with this. And I saw this, the, the, the outtakes and And I love promo. Beast Boy, because Beast Boy be getting some, ja- like Beast Boy's albums. Oh, what? Beast Boy needs a, he needs a he record deal. Not, look, what do you say? I won't be catching villains. <laughs> That track was unnecessarily dope. Like that, they could have sold that track to Drake mm-hmm. or Kendrick Lamar or anybody, and they could have ran with it and made it. But they put it on on the show, and that was it's fine. That's why I had hopes. Like, I had, you know, because the show has got cute little, you know, I like mm-hmm. the cyborg. I like, you know. Speaking of which, do you like the uh, the the new uh, the Teen Titans uh, series? This latest one. It, it just kind of so that's on the DC Universe um, streaming service. So mm-hmm. I, I what I did was wait until the end, almost the end, and then I signed up so I could watch all of them for free because I'm done paying, <laughs> done paying for all these okay. streaming services. I, I did not think of that. And um, I did not think of that. The beginning was a little a little rough because mm-hmm. it was a lot going on. The Starfire was speaking Russian, and it was just a lot, but it was well done. Um, so I think they're trying on the small screen. To see what works, yes, and then hopefully they can bring these ideas to the big screen because Gotham is amazing. Mm-hmm. Um, and what is the one? Um, Flash is pretty decent, and you know I watch a lot of the stuff on the CW. CW, they're doing a great job. It's just something happens when I'm paying my fourteen dollars for a, a movie ticket where they can't get You're their shit together. For fourteen dollars in three D IMAX, I want to go to that. Theater. You go in the mall. So what happens is so color people time. We have to get up. We got to get up before church. <laughs> you go. I've not. I go to. I got you three do of brunch us in a movie. Exactly yeah. three. I got three people and buying tickets for. So you get up in the morning. We get to the IMAX three uh, D at the, the okay. you know at the movie theater, <laughs> you know get there before before eleven forty five and you can get it. You can save some money. Yes, because okay. right. I mean because you're over on the other side. So yeah, all the movie theaters and if you buy through your app on your phone, you can get a deal. So sometimes they'll take five dollars off your tickets if you okay. go early. So. But that's a that's a very very astute uh, uh, delineation between what they're doing with the series because mm-hmm. I really like what they were doing with with the Titans mm-hmm. live action series. Uh, there was a lot of controversy around Starfire mm-hmm. and I think because of the way that I, I think their PR people need to find other work because the way they allowed that to fester and not be addressed. I mean yes there was definitely racism involved in that in a way that was very ugly and very blatant uh, but at the same time you know you if the only thing you see about one of the for us mm-hmm. one of the most cosplayed female characters out there, yep. Starfire for Black women. Yep, because because man, they she is she's a very popular. Character. Yes, 
and, and a very well-defined character, if the only thing you see is a woman in this mink, you know, coat mm-hmm. with like this kind of a no, one, I don't want to call it a hooker dress, but it was very. But at real, the time, we didn't know she was going to a Russian no party. No idea, and so it was. So they should have done a very a much better job with that. But once you see it, and if you haven't seen it, you definitely should. It's worth it. The buy. Does come together. Her her acting is is brilliant. I think that if they were to allow this iteration of Starfire to be the the Starfire that makes it into the movies, whether you use Anna Diop or not, mm-hmm. uh, I think it would be successful. Well, even so, the way that they, so, you know, a big part of what we do in the cosplay world, I'm so grateful to see the hair be authentic to Afro hair. We are finding kinky hair in all the colors, and it is mm-hmm. exciting because sometimes wearing those little strings. She had the she you know Starfire had the the kinky hair in, in the in the TV show and that she had that orange hair just flowing every time she got mad and it was well done so mm-hmm. um, that's one thing I do love about BlurCon because I never thought about being Sailor Moon with braids and have these little girls wandering up to me like you're Sailor Moon and you got hair like me and I say like, any you can do whatever you want I said I didn't even have to put this hair in I could just put it on and just be like here's my costume and we. You know, we see these normalized images because, you know, <clears throat> racism. But we can take anything. That's the good thing about our people. We can take anything, spin it, hook it up, put nothing on it, and it's amazing. We can make now, everything think about, beautiful. Think about what you just said and ex- just kind of expand out from that. And that is the mission of BlurCon. Mm-hmm. Because one thing that we, we have to remember, and I say this in every meeting when people, we kind of get off on tangents because there's so much open to us, is that this has to be a nerd convention. Black nerds love nerd culture just as much as anyone else. Mm-hmm. You know, we, we don't like the fact that we're not represented and we don't like the fact that we're not, you know, included in a lot of ways in our fandoms. But that doesn't mean we're not fans. That you is know, true. We're, we are just as much into, you know, uh, uh, Dragon Ball Z as anybody else. We're just as much into cosplay. We're just as much into DC, Marvel, you name it, gaming. So when we start talking about a convention in the same way you're talking about cosplay, you know, I said, well, you know, if we're all nerd fans, right, and we all love to play video games and we love playing retro cabinet games and we love mm-hmm. cosplay contests and panels and everything that are kind of currently components of, of the con space, mm-hmm. how do we put that, that black nerd top spin on the ball and reserve it in such a way that still is that defined item? It's still a panel. It's still a gaming tournament. It's still a cosplay contest, but has a very defined, you know, black nerd Personality. So you have, for instance, the barbecue. Right. Which, by the way, hits all black people right in the 23andMe, which sits right about here under yeah, the ribcage. I got to gotta get some. It, yeah, it's, it is when I, we, we debuted it at Greater Philly Comic Con. And we started talking about it. And, you know, I'm telling people, all the guests, I'm talking about the 24-hour gaming room. By the way, it's a 24-hour convention. We don't shut down. They do not shut we down. We do not shut down. Um, Blurs after down. dark. Blurs after dark. It just, it, yeah. <laughs> so, you know, so we got a lot to talk about in the pitch. And then I hit them with the, oh, yeah, we're doing a barbecue. Mm-hmm. And then all of a sudden, people would leave from the table. They would go tell their friends, bring them to the table, mm-hmm. and say, hey, they're doing a barbecue. Yep. And there's a convention around it. And it became, the barbecue was like the thing that just really, you know, you could, you would tell a black person that we're having a barbecue. You could tell them we're having a brunch, you know, and they would go, oh, my God, you know, they're they're really doing something So new. the barbecue was so much fun. And so if you, crazy. 
It was hot, so it was a little hot. It, it was that, but it's hot. not. It's not our fault. But you know, just do not pick that day to be Black Widow. However, this year we are going to have the water fans. You know, those outdoor Ooh, fans. We're, the, the, the city of Arlington and the uh, Crystal City bid are working with us. Oh, that's excellent. Yes, they are totally bought in, and okay. they wanted to succeed. They love our use of outdoor spaces, so they're going to be bringing some really cool stuff, and that will be no pun intended. One of the things barbecue was important. That was awesome. The brunch was awesome. Um, you, what was it? Quirktastic sponsored yep. last mm-hmm. year. Yep. Um, that was a, a great experience to have people because con. So I hate to say it, cosplayers are very. We, we you know as humans we don't like to. We don't necessarily want to talk to people. It's a group of introverts dressed up in costumes, mm. and yeah. so a lot of people aren't really used to socializing. So it was really cool to see people. Speak to people. You know, we're having a meal. We had to break bread because there was no assigned seating. So it's like, oh, can I come sit here? And it's like, tell me about your costume. Did you build that? Yeah, I built it. And then it opened up a whole conversation. What's your Instagram? And the next thing you know, you're like, you're following these people on Instagram. Then you're texting with these people on Instagram, and we're building community. Mm-hmm. And there are all these little hubs that exist on Twitter and Instagram and Facebook. Like right now, we're still in February. I hope this airs soon. But, you know, we're still in February. we got 28 days of black cosplay yeah. happening. And, you know, Ava DuVernay was one of the first people on Twitter this year. She's like, it's my favorite month. It's Black History Month. And it's 28 days of black cosplay. And it's like, yes, that was an awesome plug. So black cosplayers are getting their shine. Every cosplayer is important. Let me say that for all of my listeners of all backgrounds. I love everybody. But my spirit gets happy when I see people who... um, are feeling comfortable enough in their skin to do what they do. And as the little black girl who was weird because I used to watch Doctor Who um, and no one understood, and that was like... Even amongst nerds, a young black woman watching Doctor Who is an oddity. And I started when That's I was... an older person's game. Yeah, I started mind. watching with my mom. My mom thought I was mm. asleep, and I was laying behind the sofa on the floor watching Doctor Who when she mm. was watching it. And so now, to watch the inclusion on that show... And all of the, it's like, look at that, there's black people in Great Britain. Because you don't see that on TV. On PBS, on Are You Being Served, for years, you never saw African-American yep. people. Well, you know, black people, people of color. And now it's like, oh, wow, look at all these shows. So it's pretty interesting, and I'm excited. So I have a question for you. What else do you have going on? Do you have anything you want the listeners to know about? Well, I think the the the... The idea for BlurCon, and the ideal for me, is that BlurCon will sit on the calendar for three days as a culminating event uh, that represents uh, 362 days of other activities that build up to it. Okay. So we're constantly looking for opportunities to go and partner with and build new events and spaces because, you know, we... For nerds, you have to understand that the con space that might be weird for other people coming in, looking around, like, what's going on? This is actually our normal space. You know, the the, the, co- the actual cosplay, the mask that we put on happens when we go to work or the family reunion or church or anywhere. Pretty much. That is, air quotes, normal. It's in the con space where we feel most ourselves. So there really is no limit on how much of that space you could provide someone. It's just a matter of variety and, and scaling and, and finance. So, you know, we're doing, uh, you know, we're participating in other conventions. Uh, just like you were saying at the beginning of the pro- of the podcast, there are other conventions that have helped BlurredCon come through. And I'm talking about Otacon, and I'm talking about AwesomeCon and Tidewater and, and other con runners who've been doing this for decades and organizations that have really helped us be successful who are looking at 
at us having success uh, in bringing certain guests and programming that is relevant to the black nerd community and then are taking bolder steps in their own conventions to book black nerd guests and do black nerd programming and more diversity programming. And we don't want to take sole responsibility for it, but I feel like there was this idea of, well, is there a market for this? And when they see an entire convention, which, you know, and I'm not patting myself on the back, this is really the response of the community, for a convention to start off on its first year having 1,800 attendees is not heard of. Mm -hmm. That's not normal. That was roughly three times what the average convention would do in its first year. Uh, And then for us to double that from year one to year two is also very rare. Uh, And we're expecting to redouble that for year three. So all of your other conventions, if you start to see them become a little bit more diverse, a little bit browner in their programming and their guests and the representation and the inclusion is there, it, there, is, there are discussions happening behind the scenes between us and other conventions and other spaces. So when we say KatsuCon, when we say MAGFest, and we say AwesomeCon, and we say MomoCon and Otacon, you know, they are partners with us on a lot of things. And so you'll see us around. Okay. Yeah. So the next big thing for us, uh, we'll be at the Af- Alfred Street Baptist Church. Now, this is airing after the event, uh, but this is a college fair for HBCUs. Mm-hmm. And we're participating in that. And we've got a representation table and all that good stuff. Uh, but then we'll be in the con space doing cool stuff. All right. So just keep an eye out for us. Follow us on our Instagram. Follow us on our Facebook. If you can give all that information where people can find you. Absolutely. www.blurredcon.com. That's B-L-E-R-D-C-O-N. Then, of course, if you just put BlurredCon into the search engine of your favorite social media, be it Twitter, Instagram, or Facebook. Facebook, we have a group, we have an event, and we have a page. So all of our stuff goes out mainly through social media first. Uh, and we do most of our response uh, there as well. And uh, any way that you'd like to connect with us, whatever works best for you, uh, we will meet you where you are. Vendor space is sold out, if I remember correctly. Yes, it is sold out. It is another thing that we're trying to get used to uh, where the interest has been a little bit more advanced and accelerated than we were expecting. Uh, so we have expanded so that there would be more space. So we'll be down in the in the bottom level with some more vendor space nice. as well. Uh But do not let that, if you are a vendor or an artist or someone who has crafts or things like that, please, please, please feel free to email us. We can get you on the list. If not, you know, getting you in for 2019, you'll be on the outreach list for 2020 so that you'll be able to sign up early and get you in. But it's it's an amazing group of vendors and artists that come through and... We're hoping to expand on that as well. Excellent. Also, if you're a content creator and have something of use to talk about for a panel, um, there are some submission times. I think we have until like late March for you to consider. Submit a panel. We love, love panels because this is the way that you get to shape your con. Mm -hmm. Uh, We have over 125 panels from year one and year two. That's a lot of content. So please feel free to submit. It, there's no subject too small. There, you don't have to be experienced. You don't oh, have to okay. be famous. You know, if you just have a story to tell, if you have a perspective, if you have a group of people okay. that want to tell the story, 
submit, just go to the website under panels and you can submit and uh, we'll be looking at those in March. Well, sir, it's always a pleasure to see you and talk to you and thank you for talking about our blurtiness and um, you've changed our, my family's life. Um, mm. Definitely. Um, so, no, I appreciate you. But, guys, thank you so much for tuning in to this episode of Fabulous Fuckery. I'm your host, Baroness Bree. I hope you emerge fabulously in spite of all of life's fuckery. And you can find me wherever podcasts are downloaded. iTunes, Google, Stitcher. Oh, Lord. Um, Himalaya. Um, there's a new app called Himalaya. And um, my website is BaronessBree.com. Instagram, Twitter, and Pinterest are all at Baroness Bree. Talk to you guys soon.